Hey everybody, it is, I guess it's mid-July. Wow, where does the time go? Uh, and we are the Board Game Mechanics. I am Joel, and with me, per the huge, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jason. Wow, Jason. Uh, it's Summer is flying by. And Jason, so I'm, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag because I'm back home now. My wife and my son and I went on a really long RV trip out west, so that's why we had some weird episodes in there. And it's not that like I was worried about members of the Riveted breaking in my house and stealing my <laughs> $5,000 of board games, but I am worried about that. Right, so yeah. I didn't want to totally yeah. let that out. So anyway, uh, that's why we had a Greatest Hits show, and that's why we had kind of a weird, I don't know, uh, I used the mobile podcasting lab episode in there too. So uh, we planned on being gone for about 25 days, and we were gone well less than that because, yeah, 25 days is just way too long to be gone. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm back. It feels good to be back. It feels good to be in the board gaming groove. So uh, I am way out of touch with board game news. I am way out of touch with what I played, but that's okay. I'm back home and back in the groove. And so hopefully we'll get closer to back to some normal shows here soon. Yeah, I think we'll we'll return the zany today. We should be back a little bit to normal today. I hope so. I ate so many carbs today. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I did. I had some cookies. I had some General Tso's chicken. I had beef pie. I had all the good stuff. That, so um, That's awesome. Yeah, I want to eat that. I'm full, I'm full of carbs and zany, I think. So we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. All right, Joel, since you were out of the loop, I'll fill you in on some awesome news that I found today and last week. Um, the first thing that I'm super excited about is the new VTAL game escape plan is hitting Kickstarter on July 19th. I, I, I'm kind of mixed emotions on that cause I'm sure it's going to be like $192 cause it's Eagle Griffin, but I love VTAL. So we'll see how that goes. So I may back that anyway. Yeah, I think it looks really great. Um, it's one that he's been pushing on his, on his, um, group that he has on Facebook. He's trying to get people to play test with him. And there's an opportunity to play it on Tabletopia right now. So if that's one that you think looks interesting to you, maybe go play it on Tabletopia. But it, it, it looks... I don't know. It looks like it's like one of those... I definitely have mixed emotions too about it. So, I, I don't know, Jason. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be a back for me or not. Yeah, I mean... He said it's lighter, and it looks like it's there's some tile laying, too, and I don't love that, but it is Vital, and he's never steered me wrong in the past, so I'm sure it'll be fine. All right, so the next game that I have is called Builder, B-I-L-D-E-R. I don't know if they spelled it wrong on purpose or what, but that's what it is. Essentially, what you're doing is you are using these little wooden pieces. There's, like, meeples, and there's hats for the meeples, and there's, like shapes like rectangles and squares and you're trying to build a word that's on this card and the person who builds it is going to get a point if someone can guess it they're also going to get a point so it's like Hmm. a party dexterity game which i thought was kind of interesting so i figured i would give that a little mention it's builder b-i-l-d-e-r because it's put up by the bilderberg group who is a big part of the illuminati in bohemian grove um so (laughs) at any rate that's why it's a part of the New World Order. I mean, if you back this one, you're a part of the New World Order. But whatever. Be cool. <laughs> to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on from the Illuminati, we're going to dive into the dungeon. Oh, you did not want to touch the Illuminati. You were like, I am moving on. 
I'm me and my thirty third level <laughs> grandpappy who's a Mason. I'm gonna just move right on from that one. Hey, they know where the gold is. I'm gonna keep them in my good graces for sure. <laughs> them and the Rothschilds. <laughs> All right. So the next game I have is called Role Player Adventures, and this is a new game in the role player universe where you can use the the character that you create during a role player game and use it to play the new game. I don't know how it works. I heard Rado talking about it on his newest podcast and I thought it was interesting and I figured we might have some people on our channel that may be into it. So I wanted to mention that as well. Is this the expansion for the game that came out fairly recently or is this something different? No, the expansion is like monsters and something. Okay. Yeah, this is a complete... So this is even beyond that. Yeah, this is a standalone game, I guess. You can use the the character you create in role player, or you can just create a new character when you're playing wow. it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's by the same guy, I think, and the same publishing company. But yeah, I don't know anything else about it. I just know that. Pretty killer. Um, I love role player. It has killed Sagrada for me. I don't feel like there's margin for Sagrada if I own... Both Azul, like the pretty game that's placement, and then the cool game that's dice placement, role player. So, I mean, like, this is the one that is in my collection. I fully endorse this game. And then I, it always kind of suffered from that thing where it feels like you're doing a lot of work to play half a game. Um, so, the fact that this is going to make you a character you can play in a bigger epic adventure is just really exciting to me. So, even the monsters where you go and fight the monsters, it reminds me of a game called. Um, Lost Legends, uh, is that the name of it? I don't remember. Yeah, I think there's so. a drafting game that Queen Games put out. Um, oh, yeah, that sounds Lost right. Le- I think that's right. Well, at any rate, it's a, it's a card drafting game where you create a character and then you go fight like just single monsters each round. Even that like feels pretty cool, and I think that the expansion kind of makes role player into that, which to me is really cool. Um, but the thing about expansions is I really hesitant to buy more expensive expansions a lot of the time because I feel like, man, it's 40 bucks for this or 40 bucks for a totally new experience. And so it's hard for me to want to buy expansions, but I think that the, the role player expansions are really tempting to me. Yeah, I would agree. I, I like role player, but I, I do think it needs a little more, a, a little more with it. Cause yeah, it's, it's essentially Sagrada now with a little, more going on and I would like even more going on, but that's just my own personality or personal preference for sure. I guess you're flirting with Ameritrash by saying that man. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's a great system and I think it would be amazing to have a full like campaign system that you use for these characters that you build over the course of like an hour where you go on like, you know, descent like dungeon crawls or something. That'd be amazing. So if that's what they're doing, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So yeah, that would be cool. awesome for sure. Totally unrelated news, Jason. I did, while I was gone, I picked up all the mail today that, hap- that happened to come in the last couple of weeks, and I do have a couple of review copies of things that I'm going to be looking at. Nice. Uh, I guess just one uh, review copy of something I'm going to be looking at from Level 99 Games. And then, uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and do a couple of other reviews for stuff that I already have in my collection that I'm just not sure if people have given it as much love as it should get. So I will be putting out, I would guess three reviews in the next two weeks. Um, and my style, if you haven't seen them on YouTube, is a little different than what a lot of people do. I do kind of a PowerPoint presentation with a green screen. Uh, so I don't do a lot of like, hey, here's my hands on a table and you can't see the rest of me. Um, I do more photos and just kind of describing the photos. So more like 
if you were going to a lecture about what a board game was about, maybe. I don't know. So I think yeah. it suits me. I think it suits my style. It kind of matches up with the Let's Plays that I used to do with video games. So I, if you like video game Let's Plays, I might be the reviewer you want to check out. Um, and then, Jason, you've been putting up stuff on the YouTube channel like crazy. So awesome. Good on you. Um, if you if you are one of those people who are like, I need some noise in my house and I want to have just some noise there, uh, some new noise for you to check out might be our YouTube channel. So um, if you haven't gone there, just look up board game mechanics, uh, one word for board game and the mechanics. And then, um, I don't know, like, uh, let's think here, Jason, what's a game that you reviewed they could put in the search tag to make it pop up? What's uh, something you've done recently? Car- Carthage. Carthage. There you go. So board game yeah. mechanics, board game, one word mechanics, and then Carthage and Jason will pop up and then you can subscribe to us. And if yeah. you really are like a sucker for like, Oh man, I gotta have more of the uh, good good in my life. Then uh, yeah, go ahead and hit the little bell there, and you'll get a notification every time. So anyway, uh, our YouTube channel is popping. It's a third of what we do, probably. So I'd say check it out. Yep, totally agree. All right, so uh, just real quick here too, uh, if you haven't subscribed to us on iTunes or on Google Play or wherever you get podcasts at, please do that. And then the other thing, too, is when you leave us a review, it's really, really great for us. It increases our, our chances that will pop up when people search or it'll maybe put us in the hotness, which gets more people to listen. Um, but I, I want to just real quick uh, just appreciate there's nine people on iTunes. So if you're listening to this in the future and it's like we were excited that nine people gave us five-star <laughs> ratings, that's kind of silly. But it's at this point, like huge dust that we have nine five-star ratings in it. We have a five-star rating, period. And uh, one of the reviews that someone actually took time to type in, uh, listening to Joel and Jason, uh, is like talking to your friends about games. They know their stuff and have their finger on the pulse of news and new games coming out. So thanks for those kind words, uh, Breezy. And I really appreciate that. Um, If you want to leave us a review on there, you may just get a shout-out. So uh, it's really a great help, though. I really appreciate it. If you've left us a review, thank you again. Totally agree. It makes it nice to see that what we're doing is at least okay. <laughs> well, and so. like, if you hate us, that's fine. Just don't, I mean, I guess you can leave us a one-star <laughs> review if you want, but if you think we're stupid and like, we could do something better, like just email us or contact us on Facebook or something. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's uh board game mechanics at bgmechanics.com. Just email us and say, Hey, this part of your show is really bad. So can you fix it? And like, we'd love to fix it and not just get a one-star review. But if you think we're okay and you want to leave us a five-star, I'd love that too. So um, whatever. We we think you guys are great. We think we have seriously some of the best fans out there. The Riveted is one of the best boards. I, every time I see there's new activity over there, I like quick click right on it. And just I know that someone's going to have something cool or something interesting to say. Um, and I mean, like I don't know. We're probably inviting this to happen now but we don't get those like really horrible posts of like what do i do i've got a first world problem i own every board game how do i buy more right or or, you know (laughs) whatever yeah (laughs) yeah it's just people people playing games and having fun that's all it is yeah yep we're we're silly we share some news um and we're just good people who like each other so if you haven't joined the riveted check it out All right, so I've had a, a nice couple of weeks of games that I've played, and I'm just going to jump right into it because the first game I played I was super pumped about. There was a crazy long line at Origins for this game, and 
That game is called Coimbra. And I got to tell you, this game did not disappoint. Not at all. Super long line for like all six copies they had to sell there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is an amazing game. So essentially what you're doing in this game is you're drafting a die. And the die serves two purposes. The number of pips on the die is how much you have to pay for a type of character that you want. And the color of the die is how much you get to move up on a certain track based on military, money, points, and there's one more track that I can't remember. So you're trying to think, man, I want to get a low number so I don't have to pay a ton of money, but I also need this color because I need to get some military so I can buy some cards in the future. So it's a lot of engine building and thinking like four moves in the future so you're not going to back yourself in a corner and get some card that you don't need. Oh, man, it's amazing. And once again, Katie destroyed us. So that's what she does best, I guess. How many wrenches you give this one, Jason, after one play? Oh, dude, this is four and a half easy. Yeah? Yeah. Like, um, imagine Orléans, but less dry and more colorful. Huh. Like, it, it's amazing. high praise. Okay, so the cover art on this is amazing. And if it's the game I'm thinking of... The copies they were doing demos on had like little holders for the die. Is that still something, or am I thinking of a different game? No, that's right. Yeah, you, you draft the die and you put it in your color base, so you yeah, know which yeah. one belongs to you when you're doing the buying phase and all that. Oh, cool. Yeah, it looked really slick. Uh, it looked like the board had some symbology and stuff going on with it, and some like you know a lot of spaces and stuff. But that's just standard your euro, you know. And it looked like it was clean, like it was well designed. So, yeah. Do you know anything about when this is going to hit retail? Like, when can I buy a copy of this? Cool stuff said it was um, August 2nd or something like that. So coming up. Uh, Gen Con. Yeah. So, yeah. So cool. Uh, this is definitely on my list. And if I don't make it to Gen Con, I'll probably have to suffer until I can get like one of the post-SN copies. But you need things to put on your Christmas list, I guess. And 2018's been a kind of rough year for game releases so far. I know we're not really into the best con season yet, but this is one of the higher rated in my, like, hey, this game looks cool list um, for this year so far. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing. If you get a chance to play it, just sit down and play it immediately. Don't even think about it. It's that good. Yeah, I, I definitely will want to play this one at some point. Um, whether you have a copy that I get to play or if I get my own blind, I think I would like this one enough that I would blind buy it without ever having played it. Honestly, it just looks that good. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't regret it for sure. Is this Plan B games or Next Move games or whatever they're called now? Or yeah, it's, is this somebody? It's, it's Plan B because Next Move is like the four letter word games like Azul and Reef and all that. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, speaking of Plan B games and hotness games, uh, my game I played was Century, the hotness of twenty sixteen Spice Road. <laughs> hey, that's a great game. Uh, no, I had never played it with my wife. She'd never played it, and she actually picked it up really quickly, and I think actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, here's how I know when my wife likes a game: is she goes, "It was all right." <laughs> so that means that, like, <laughs> if I ask her to play it again in the future, she'll say, "Yeah, that was that was cool. I liked it." Or if I trade it, she'll go, "Why'd you trade it? I love that game." So <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, I got to play Century Spice Road, which it holds up for sure. Um, you know what's crazy about it? I don't know how it got such comparisons to to Splendor. <laughs> like I know Splendor and it were compared a ton, and I think it has to do with like the abstract engine building kind of maybe. Yeah, yeah. But they're way different games, and I think there's room in my library for both of them for sure. I so, agree. I agree. I got to play Century Spice Road. I really enjoyed it, and it was one of those games that fit in the RV fairly well. So um, had a lot of fun playing it. 
I don't need to talk much more about it probably because everybody knows it. If you don't, man, go check it out. Look at one of the 5,000 reviews out there, I'm sure, on YouTube or whatever. But it's just a really, really slick game. Um, and then now they have Gollum, uh, which is, you know, the one for anime fans or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that one's about, but it looks yeah. cool. So anyway, Century Spice Road's what I played. Uh, a little boring, but man, I mean, not boring like a game, but like a little boring to talk about. Right. Because yeah, yeah. it's, you know, super hot. 18 months ago, but <laughs> it's, I still like it. It holds up. It's a good game. All right. So let's make the, I was going to talk about something else, but we'll go ahead and make the games played section all about plan B and next move. So let's talk about a little game called reef. I also played yeah? that as well. Did you? Yeah. And I got to say reef blows Azul out of the water. Hands down. Not even close. Really? Yeah. Like, so essentially, I don't know if you've seen reef or if you've played it or looked at it or anything, but Essentially, no. essentially, what you're doing is you're you have cards in your hand. You're either going to play the card to get pieces to get on your board and complete a goal. So sometimes you have to just play the card because you can't meet the goal, and sometimes you're going to take these pieces that you don't need because you want to complete the goal. So you're trying to look at the row of cards that are available and looking at what your board looks like, so you can try to draft cards that you need, so you can score every single turn because if you miss one play without scoring you're going to lose so you're trying to score every single time you play a turn or at least 90 percent of them it's it's super amazing it's colorful the bits are nice this game is amazing yeah i love it i love it all right you heard it here jason said sell your copies of azul and buy reef <laughs> i i i would if i had azul and and i needed reef i would sell azul yeah I, I own Azul, and I'm deeply hurt by your analysis. I'm probably just going to have to go burn my copy of Azul now and use the <laughs> melted plastic to make some kind of ashtray. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're different enough you could have both, but I just think Reef is a far superior game. It's easier. Yeah. The scoring's more straightforward. It's just everything about it is more... It, for an abstract game, it's more of an abstract game I want to play. Yeah. I. Uh, I think it looks cool. I, I didn't get a chance to play it because, again, it was one of those games that was so hot that the demo line was like, well, you can spend two hours demoing these games or you can spend two hours waiting to demo this game. So <laughs> right, I didn't yeah. demo it, but it looked really good, honestly. Uh, Eastern Wonders looked good, too. Um, so, yeah, so keeping in, in with the Plan B things, I also played the Pokemon trading card game, which I'm pretty sure Plan <laughs> B put out. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's their their newest game, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really did play this like a lot. Um, my son way into it and he's like, okay, so like this is, I'm going to get a little quiet here so they, they don't hear through the walls. <laughs> he's like kind of cocky about how awesome he is at building Pokemon <laughs> decks. And like he is, he's really good at building Pokemon decks, but right. like, and he has a massive collection, like, cause nobody knows what to buy him. Like he's, you know, he's like probably a little too old to be playing Pokemon <laughs> as much as he does, but like none of his grandparents know what to buy him. So like they're, and he's. This is another one of those things, too. Of like, he's a poor little diabetic kid who can't eat tons of kid candy. So they buy him Pokemon <laughs> cards instead. So he has like a massive Pokemon card collection. Like, massive. And so, nice. anyway, he, he builds 
really good decks, and he like destroys everybody he plays. So I bought like one of those like championship pre-built decks and just mopped the floor with him like five <laughs> times. It was the best. And he like got so frustrated. You could see like you could see little tears in his eyes. And, like, he was like trying to analyze like how I was beating him so bad. And like it was partially luck because I just got all the right cards to pop up. But like just it was such a really well-built deck. This pre-built that I had. And so this game I played it when I was like I don't know. 18 maybe and my like little brother was 11 and i remember thinking okay you put out these creatures and then you attach cards to them and the creatures go attack each other and okay cool whatever well this game's like evolved so much there's a lot of game to the pokemon game now there's like these crazy trainer cards where you can you know it's just it's not as complex as magic but it's man if you have a teenage kid who's into pokemon and you want to get them to think about playing magic or something it's definitely like it makes you think and it makes you think about deck synergy. It makes you think about, you know, the kinds of energy you're putting in there and then putting in the right trainer cards to try and like synergize with your cards you have in there and just all kinds of stuff. So I, I don't know, man. It's a it's a pretty good game. I hate to really say that on the record, but it's true. It's not <laughs> bad at all. How does it compare to magic? I I've never played Pokemon, but I played lots of magic. Okay, magic's the king. I mean, you can't say anything about if you're going to talk about trading card games or collectible card games or whatever you want to call them. Magic's obviously the king, but it's just I don't know. It's it's different. I mean, like it's it's really different. I mean, like you only have one active thing out at a time, and then you have this like bench of other Pokemon, right. and the Pokemon evolve and like get better. But then you have I don't know. Like the trainer cards really are kind of what make the game better. Like the trainer cards really are kind of like all your like instants and like magic spells and like sorceries and stuff like that in the 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 trading card game and then like the Pokemon are creatures. And so I mean, like as far as that goes, it's head to head, kinda some similarities really. Um Magic obviously does it better, but they're trying to simplify it a little to make it a younger audience for sure. Right, yeah. That's yeah. kinda like broken about the game, but kinda cool about it too, is you take six cards out of your deck and put them off to the side. And then every time you knock out one of their Pokemon you get to draw one of those prize cards from your six cards that you have set aside. That's awesome. So, like, if those six cards that you have are all energy, then you kind of are screwed. Like, you're like, okay, well, I guess I won't have any mana. I mean, energy this time. So, I mean, <laughs> right, so yeah. I don't know. But it's, I mean, it's got some really cool me- mechanisms in it. It's actually, I remember being a pretty hokey, to- terrible knockoff wannabe light version of magic. And it's still like a light knockoff kind of, of magic, but it's not horrible. It's definitely playable. And I, probably played it 10 times over the course of my trip in the rv it was compact and easy to play and like my son kept wanting to play because he wanted to beat this pre-built deck that i had (laughs) that was just amazing so right um so anyway and he finally did he put together a deck that's phenomenal and destroys me every time and now i kind of want to like do the alpha dog thing and find my own deck now that i can make (laughs) it's better than that so i don't know i know of adults that play pokemon and like I always was kind of like, oh, okay, do you like uh, really watch Speed Racer a ton and like <laughs> have some kind of furry head cosplay or like uh, into that as well? Or And and like I kind of get it now, honestly, and I kind of want to pick up all the Speed Racer mangas and like go cosplay as the hitchhiker <laughs> from Pokemon now. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you think about trading card games, Pokemon and Magic are the only two that have stood the test of time for yeah. 20 years. Well, and then Yu-Gi-Oh, so. but, like, I don't even understand Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, 
the numbers on Yu-Gi-Oh cards are so inflated, I don't even get it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. this one does 40,000 versus this one's 400,000, and it's a cheeseburger with teeth. Like, I don't <laughs> even understand that game. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, I it's agree. pretty bizarre. All right. Well, anyway, I played the Pokemon trading card game. Um, all right, Jason. So I'll just edit all that out and just put this in there. I played Eastern Wonders for real. Totally <laughs> true. I did. It was so good. And it's Plan B game. So good. I really did play it. So I could have had another Plan B game in there. <laughs> yeah. How did you like it? Um, I actually like Spice Road better. Do you? Yeah. I, like the engine is easier to build in Spice Road. And like when you're trying to build an engine and move your boat around and build houses to be able to use the engine, it I don't know, it just gets a little a little yeah. convoluted in my opinion. It was still yeah. fun, but I like Spice Road better. I think it's gonna be one of those things like King of New York and King of Tokyo. I think you like King of New York better. But yeah. like to me, like King of Tokyo is awesome because it's so simple and just straightforward and just go hit each other. And then King of New York, they just added this like fiddly junk to it, in my opinion. And like it just made this simple, easy streamlined game too much like they try to do too much with that system and i know you don't agree with me probably jason but that's fine um i'm gonna cut you off anyway when i edit this episode to make you sound like you do agree so um (laughs) so anyway uh i mean like i don't know it kind of feels like they did the same thing with eastern wonders now do you understand how the two games can be played together or is that still a thing yeah sort of i watched shut up and sit down talk about it basically you just use the cards as like another option to trade resources it doesn't really do much more than that i don't think but okay so you can use some of the components from spice road to play in eastern wonders yeah yeah i think so So you won't be burning your copy of spice road for warmth while you play eastern wonders but you will be burning your azul to play reef yes i for sure will if if i had if i had azul yes (laughs) if you had azul but you won't be getting azul because you'll be getting reef instead (laughs) correct yes Gotcha. Well, I'm going to stick with Azul and play your copy of Reef, probably, until I play Reef and I rage flip the table and go, all right, got to buy this one. (laughs) Got to buy it. Yep. All right, cool. All right. So what we were going to do last week, we're now going to do this week, and we're going to talk about two light games that we love. So we're going to have a total of four. And a light game is kind of subjective. What I may think is light, you may not. And what you may think is light, I may not. But it is what it is. This is our opinions, what we think a light game is, and two that we love. I went super light like children's games because, like, what I consider, <laughs> what I consider, like, I don't know, like, what I consider light, I think a lot of people consider, like, oh, man, I can barely wrap my head around this. And I know what you consider light. Like, I consider, like, a solid, heavy, medium euro. So, I don't know. Jason, like, I am glad you took off, like, I'm really glad that you took off Arkwright. Like, that seemed a little bit heavy to put on this list. (laughs) So, I don't know. Campaign for North Africa, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad you took those off and put something a little lighter on. Um, But I know to you, those are a little light. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Go ahead, Jason. All right, so I had a different game I was going to talk about, but the more I got thinking about it, I wanted to put this game on there. So the first game I'm going to talk about is Dice Forge. And this was another one I played over the last couple of weeks. And essentially, it's it's the rattle bones mechanism where you're moving faces from your dice and customizing them to only things that you have. But you're doing you're also playing a worker placement game where you're trying to buy cards 
for special abilities and points. So you're trying to upgrade your dice so you can get like red mana and and purple mana and money and points, but you're also trying to get cards to give you special abilities and points at the end of the game. And it takes place over 10 rounds. It's really quick. It's really light. And there's a ton of dice rolling because you roll your dice on every single person's turn. And that, I don't know, I just love that. So I had to include Dice Forge on this list. Yeah, it looks cool. I've, I remember when it first came out, I was just getting back into board gaming pretty heavy. And I went to the Gaming Goat in Chicago, and they had like literally a skit of them there. And I was like, whoa, they're really anticipating this game selling well. And I think it has sold well, and I think it's a game that a lot of people do like. Um, I, how bad is it changing the faces out on this? Like, that's what I think I would get annoyed with, like breaking my fingernails, trying to like pop the little plates out and stuff. Is it pretty easy? Yeah, um, it you use the corner of another die face to flip it out. So it, it's not like Rattlebones where you have to have the special tool, like the little like tweezery thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot easier than in Rattlebones for sure. One of those games is on clearance on every sale that CSI has for $8 and the other one's not. So <laughs> figure yeah. that out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, um, real quick before I get into my next game here, I just wanted to remind everyone, this podcast brought to you by R&R Games, makers of the games you want to play. <laughs> uh, my next game is Homestretch, which I've talked about two times in two episodes that I've been live on. <laughs> yeah, you do I, love that game. <laughs> I love this game so much. It's so good by R&R Games. Um, and they really aren't doing any kind of promotional considerations with us, which, you know, is a crying shame. You know, we're probably going to be too big for you by the time that you do get around <laughs> to, you know, trying to get promotional considerations here. So you might yep. want to go quick on that. So, I mean, we're, we're to the moon. So, I mean, if, you, if you're hearing this right now, board game companies probably want to send us board games so we can think about playing them right now before <laughs> we become regular vassal boys and have stacks and stacks of games that we can't get to them all so anyway uh <laughs> our games home stretch i love this game because it's just stupid it's like rolling these rolling these die and taking these poorly die cast horses and moving around a track and like it's it's absurd because some horses get like a handicap of six out of ten spaces so like an 11 which you almost never roll so it does get a handicap of like six. So like you roll an 11, the horse is like nine tenths of the way to finishing. <laughs> and so like, anyway, but it's just super fun because you try and own shares of these horses and then you're betting on them as well. And it's just like, it literally is a game that if you're playing with the right group, like you're yelling at each other, like, come on nine, you better not move that seven up. You better not. And just like, just yelling at each other, like, I don't know. It's just such a fun game. It gets you so emotionally involved and it's super light. It's like, Seriously, it's, I don't know. If it had a spinner, it'd be shoots and ladders. But I mean, like, does shoots and ladders have a spinner or does it have dice? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, if, if shoots and ladders has dice, that's basically the mechanics of this game. I mean, you <laughs> roll these dice and move something. So, um, but just the way how it does it is really cool. I really like it. Um, home stretch. And it's just got such neat, I'm not even mechanisms, just themes and just, it's so fun. And, it's something that anybody can understand, which is kind of the joy of playing light games. Um, but just everybody I played it with too has gotten like way too excited for what this game is. Like we're all cheering <laughs> for these plastic horses. Like if they don't make it in, they're going to go to the glue factory. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's just such a fun game. And it's brought to us by R&R Games, home of the games <laughs> that you want to play. Yeah, that was next, a free one, R&R. <laughs> next BGM Con, I want to play this game for sure. Yeah. it's. I mean, it only takes... 30 minutes 
And it's seriously, you're going to leave it going, yeah, that's stupid, but man, I love it. <laughs> like happy pigs. <laughs> yeah. Except for there's nothing stupid about that, Jason. What are you trying to say? <laughs> okay. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> All right. So my Apparently next... not brought to you by Yellow Games this episode. <laughs> yeah. So my next game, I'm, I was kind of indifferent if I wanted to put this on here or not, but I did anyway, just because this game never gets talked about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back. So this game is from Eagle Griffin, and this is Pastiche. Home, home of light games, Eagle Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one is kind of light. So this one is Pastiche, or the version I have, which is Petite Pastiche, which is just less cards. And it was, instead of being 100 bucks, it was like 30 So essentially what you're doing on this is you're placing a tile on, on the table, and you're mat- matching colors on said tile. Any any corner that you can match colors, you're going to get a paint card of the colors that match. So you have like a player aid card that tells you what you get when you mix two yellows and a red color together. And then you're trying to use these paints that you get to paint these like work of arts that you have on an easel in front of you. And you and on part of your turn, you can trade the paintings, the paint swatches in for different colored paints. And you're trying to be the first person to get 20 points. It sounds more complicated than light, but once you play like half a round, it becomes super easy. And the games are like 20, 25 minutes. And I, I don't know. I like it. I never get to play it because a lot of my gaming group don't like it. But I enjoy it. And that's pastiche or petite pastiche. Huh. So how many more cards do you get for $70? I don't know because you can buy them all in expansions now. Like three or four expansions. I think it's like maybe $20, 30 30 cards maybe. Huh, that's like four bucks a card or something, man. Yeah, I think I'd go with you and get the petite version, probably. Yep, should be the first time I've ever been able to say that in my life. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but yeah, it, it's a fun game. Um, it has some tile placement and set collection. That's the whole game. But it might actually be a medium game. But to me, it feels light, so I included it. Huh. Cool. Well, Jason, I guess this is a this is a dandy of a short episode here, Jason. I'm pretty proud of us that we uh, we stayed to the point here. <laughs> Moving and, on, yeah. Got R and R. It's nice advertising dollars. <laughs> um, the last game I played is not by R and R Games, but I could have put Pyramid Poker on there. That would have been a fun one. Uh, I'm putting on Dairy Man. This is one that like I've played a ton with like students of mine when we have a little free time because it's so quick and it's just an adorable little cute game and it's just. I mean, people get it. They get the idea of, I'm trying to get more milk. And if I can do this Farkle mechanism, then I get more milk. And I don't want my milk to spoil, so I need to try and get the extra little power-ups. Um, and then even then, you add in the little, well, if you fail, you actually get a little stronger, and you can get like a catch-up mechanism almost. Yep. So um, I think it's just a really slick little game. And for like, I mean, this is one of those games, too, that I think it's cheap enough and popular enough that it goes in and out of print kind of often but if you can find it you know to fill out one of your hundred dollar orders at cool stuff or whatever and throw it in there for 10 11 bucks it's definitely a good little game um it's you know essentially farkle but you're collecting little chits of milk and then sometimes you can flip the milk over and it gives you a superpower so um an engine builder to a degree but not really i mean if you buy it thinking it's an engine builder that you're trying to figure out you know how to maximize your rolls by getting better milk or something. You're going to be right, disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But it is just a little touch of like, Hey, I can reroll my twos. Cool. Um, kind of thing going on in there. So uh, pretty cool little game, super cheap, little tiny box. And it 
plays and I don't know. If you have a group that's paying attention and not playing it like a bunch of, you know, chatty Cathy's or chatty Carl's, um, which tends to happen because it's such a light game that people are just like, oh, look at how silly this little milk cheese is I have. It turns into sherbet. I don't know. Um, right. Which yeah. I don't think that even has to do with dairy, does it? Um, but anyway, if you're playing it with a group that stays focused, you can get it done in, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And it's just a pretty easy little cute game. Uh, that's Dairy Man. By I think TMG. Sorry, I have my mic on mute. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, yeah, I played that with a buddy and an 11 year old, and she picked up on it no problem. And I think she actually won. So it's that easy of a game. And you can also make cheese too, not not just ice cream. Yeah, and with you a little can't make yep. any sherbet because it's not dairy at all. <laughs> right, no sherbet at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, Dairyman's my pick for my other two. So uh, the definitive list of light games that we love, Dice Forge, Homestretch, Petite Pastiche, and Dairyman. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that any of these would make Hall of Fame or get above the accepted level if we both rated them, but I think they're all solid games. Yeah, Uh, I mean, not every game has to be like an accepted or a Hall of Fame game to have fun with it, so... I'm fine with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I think, I mean, just my initial gut reaction on wrench ratings is home stretch is clearly a five wrench. If you could go higher than five, you could, or you should for this game. Um, maybe six wrenches, which never happens. It's impossible, and, like, quantum <laughs> physics won't allow it, but if it could, <laughs> right. like six wrenches for home stretch. And then Dairyman, I would say, is easy a four or five wrench game, depending on your crowd and, like, what your need is for a game. I mean, I'm not going to say this is the only game I'm bringing with me on a trip, but <laughs> it's it's certainly a good little game. Right, yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't rate either of those that high, but I would maybe rate Dice Forge that high for sure. Yeah. Batiste Pastiche is like a two, but I mean, it's still it's still fun. <laughs> I still a enjoy two, it. two, but yeah. it made the list. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking around at my shelf, and I was like, I don't know, we talk about all these games a ton, so I wanted to talk about something that we never, ever yeah. mentioned, so that's what I did. What about, you've played Dairyman and owned Dairyman, right? Like, you got yeah. it in, like, Bargain Bin Basement pre-release, Origins yeah. 2016 or something. Um, what do you think of it? Is it at least a three-wrencher for you? Yeah, probably. I would play it if somebody asked me to play it for sure. I'm not going to probably bring it out like, hey, guys, we're going to go from playing Kanban into Dairyman. But, you know, I would play it if someone asked. <laughs> you know why you wouldn't do that? Because you aren't a great American like me. So <laughs> anyway. <guess. laughs> no, I'm with you. I mean, like Dairyman, if I have a group that can play Kanban, I'm not playing Dairyman. But Dairyman's <laughs> a game that you can take to family reunions and like break it out and grandma knows how to play you know within a couple minutes so i think that's the like what all light games really are too yeah so. i would agree and i'm gonna tell you i would not play home stretch with grandma because she had a real <laughs> problem with the ponies so anyway yeah that would end <laughs> ugly so anyway oh uh, that's funny i'm just kidding she's dead and like i probably shouldn't make jokes at her expense she can't defend herself uh love you grandma <laughs> I think we've made fun, <laughs> or we've poked fun at everybody in your family almost. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, and the only one that has been no exaggerations at all has been my dad. Like, everything you've heard about my dad is exactly 100% accurate. Yeah, 100% I've seen the happy accurate. pigs in action, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Like, listen, my dad's great because 
he gets these random spells of laughing where he can't catch his breath, and it's the best thing. Like, I just love it. So, anyway. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So, my number five light game is anything I can play with my dad. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope we brought back the zany enough for you guys. And if this episode is only 22 minutes long, there was originally a lot of stuff in there, but it didn't make any sense. So, thanks for listening, folks. Yep, thanks. See ya. <laughs> Later. All right. Well, hey, Jason, I don't really have any more words to say. I probably should have stopped a few sentences ago. Yeah, and our other sponsor, uh, in closing, buying a back-end sponsorship, uh, Jason's favorite vape juice, Vape Boy Vape Juice. Uh, so for all your vaping needs, get Jason's favorite Vape Boy Vape Juice. Yeah. So and by that, it's smooth. It's and by, smooth. It makes you barely cough. So And by that, you mean Mountain Dew, I think. <laughs> Jason does love some Mountain Dew. That's a little <laughs> secret there for you guys who've made it all the way to minute 40 of this episode to know Jason loves Mountain Dew. I and do. I love Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. So anyway. That's so gross. <laughs> hey, man. I can't, I can't handle the sugar anymore. I'm an old man. So anyway. Uh, I've been Joel. And, and you've been Jason. Yeah, and I'm Jason. I'm not even going to let you say it because you're going to try and sneak in another plug for your vape juice. So anyway. Yep, that's true. Mountain Dew vape juice. How about they make Mountain Dew vape juice? <laughs> that would be so disgusting. Or maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. I didn't think it was going to go the disgusting route. I thought you were going to go with the, I could take a five-minute break every hour to suck down the sweet fumes <laughs> of Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's true. Or I could just drink it. That used to make me so mad when I worked in an office and people got like a five-minute smoke break every hour. I was like, that's like 40 minutes a day, man. Like, Yep. Plus, so I took 40, 40 minute dumps every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may or may not do that as well. We'll, we'll leave that to uh, to your imagination.